Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Mel. I'm Helen. And I'm Janet. Welcome back to another episode of ABG. This is actually our last episode of season four. Oh my gosh. Dang. So 46 episodes. It's crazy because I remember being in the hotel room recording for the start of season four. Yeah. That seems like a long time ago. It feels like yesterday to me. Really? Yeah. Actually, to think it about feels... like the first time we started this podcast, maybe like three years ago now, two years? I think it's only two yeah. years. Two years? Two years, but we started talking about it and planning like three years ago. Yeah. That's crazy yeah. to me. And here we are, end of season four. Right? Oh Nuts. my gosh. So this episode is going to be about assumptions. This is uh, Saturday, July 27th right now, and we just hosted an Instagram live Got a lot of assumptions from you all. There's about two pages full. So we're going to try and answer these and go through them as much as we can. There's a good amount here. And we will end with a Dare ABG section. Well, let's talk a little bit about why we decided to do an assumptions video. I think a lot of you guys, like, thankfully stuck with us for four seasons. You guys, like, heard about our stories and our journeys. And I think it's safe to say you might have some, like, assumptions about us, our personalities, how we run the podcast. And honestly, assumptions videos are a very trending thing right now on YouTube and in the digital space. So we're like, hey, why don't we do one yeah. too? We wanted to open it up to you guys to be able to share with us some observations that you have or things like that. And then we'll talk through them. All right. So let's get started. The first one is from the Jacob Shakeup. I actually thought y'all would be older. The profile pic looks like it's about passing teacups around. I think the assumption is the second part. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually, what is is it a wine? It's It's a wine glass. Two bottles of wine. And then I think two of us are holding wine glasses and one is holding a coffee cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our friend Jeanette Liao, who is also an Asian boss girl, she helped design that for us. So it's like shadows of us three around a recording table. Yeah. Yeah. And this is inspired because initially when we first started recording the podcast, we need a little bit of liquid courage, right? So we did drink a little bit of wine. And so we told her about that. That's why she included the wine in the graphics. And also the premise of the podcast was to be kind of like a girl talking session with your friends, right? So having a little bit of wine, you could also do it over tea. So I think that (laughs) that works too. But part of the assumption, I guess, in terms of thinking we were older, I guess sometimes you could say like we are like there's like the old soul aspect. Mm -hmm. Like we sometimes talk about Mel being a little bit of a grandma. Yeah. (laughs) Janet's also kind of a grandma. I'm I'm like a literal grandma. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Jacob shakeup. I would say your assumption is false. We are not older. Like we're not grannies yet. They're wine glasses yes. in the picture and a coffee cup. Close though. Close. <laughs> All right. The next one here. Recording ABG takes one take. It's a candid conversation between friends with minimum script or outline. And this is from Jasmine Y Tam. False. <laughs> <laughs> to an extent. Yeah, yeah. To an extent. It is candid conversation. Yeah. yeah. But we also do outline. So we do a little bit of prep, but mm-hmm. the where it goes and where it develops in a lot of our commentary does come very naturally. Mm-hmm. We trying to outline like maybe half a page to a full page yeah. of things that we want to because we tend to stray from conversation mm-hmm. so it kind of just helps us keep on topic mm-hmm. but yes pretty candid so true yes yeah. and thank you to our editor michelle shout out she knows the uh, <laughs> she knows it ain't one take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so their next assumption it comes from irelison irene you give up sleep to record Ooh, i think that's that's true. true wait really i think so well we do meetings at like 10 10 30 at night sometimes we have had some group recording sessions where mm. we go into like in the early morning. I mean, it hasn't could, been. Could as we recent. be sleeping? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess for me, I would say false because 
that's the time I'd be like prepping meals for the next day. I usually still go to sleep at the same time. But then don't you have to prep meals afterwards? Yeah. Then? It stacks your schedule though. Right? It does stack my schedule, but I guess for me, it isn't, I don't get rid of sleep. It feeds into my like other time, like alone mm. time. You know what I mean? That, I guess it, you could it. say I could be sleeping, but I usually don't. Well, how did the eight hour workday start? It was like, you have 24 hours in a day, cut it into thirds. So one third is for sleep, one third is for personal things, and one third is for work. work and that's yeah. how the eight hour workday started. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we actually have a lot of 16 hours of like doing our own thing. And if eight is for sleep, the other mm. eight is for personal things. So that's where, I would say that's where ABG falls into place. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't so maybe feel less, like, that way personal sometimes. Time. I wish I had more hours in the day. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's like, we're kind of on the fence with that one, huh? Yeah. Partially true. <laughs> Partially false. So our next assumption comes from Sharona321. You have your ups and downs with each other. There's one person that you're closer to in the group. And I think there are other assumptions here that maybe we can couple together with this one. So like Banani X said, you guys never fight with one another. Happy Sunday girls from Sydney ABGs. And then some other other ones, you all have amazing friendships with one another. You all have a great working relationship with each other. And that's from Jakiha and WShea88. I mean, okay, here's the thing. I think naturally running like a business, there are going to be ups and downs. We all have different working styles um, based off our jobs, but they never become like a thing that we're like, we have a fallout, like we're fighting. We never get to that point. There might be some times where like disagreements happen or maybe moments of annoyance because we're just different people, right? I feel like we go through it very effectively though, where we communicate with each other and we have patience with each other. And we also know that sometimes when something happens, it's like, okay, look, I haven't been sleeping mm-hmm. or you've had a hard week. And so it's, I don't, yeah, I don't feel like it's anything out of the norm. To be real with you all, yes, of course. Like anytime you're working with anyone doing anything, there's going to be ups and downs, right? So, but I, I feel like I'm very proud of us for how we handle it. Yeah. I, I feel, feel like we're also super like flexible with one another, right? Oh, yeah. Having a bad week, it's like, okay, let's just try and record maybe this weekend yes. or mm-hmm. find another time to do it. And I think we're also good friends outside, you know, and that's yeah. how we started this podcast. So the foundation, I feel like is very strong between three of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are ups and downs there are annoyances we get through them yeah Yeah. or else we probably wouldn't be here (laughs) no i agree yeah and i think it's also we spend a lot of time with the three of us together but we also get a good amount of time where it's like i'll hang out with helen sometimes Mm -hmm. i'll hang out with mel sometimes you two will hang out sometimes so it feels like a nice nice like blend yeah yeah because i think i was reading down uh, the other assumptions and someone was saying like there's two assumptions i want to bulk into this one is there's one person ABG that is super controlling or there's one leader in the group from Vivi Moviv and the virtual Sonia. I actually don't think that's true. I think that's false. All three of us, whether it's moments in a time that one is taking initiative or all three of us are kind of manning our own thing, it feels very equal playing field. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I don't I think there's one extreme leader or one I guess follower yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I think if we each didn't contribute that would probably cause some of these like feelings of annoyance or just anger at one another Mm -hmm. but I think we all take equal parts in contributing to this podcast yeah yeah agreed so lovely (laughs) but there's one thing I do want to say though because when Karen asked oh here we go sorry (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna be completely transparent when Karen asked there's one person you're closer to I think people assume that because like for example when people see me hang out with only Helen they're like oh you're probably naturally closer to Helen but that's actually not true like like Janet said there are times when like say Helen's out of town then me and Janet go watch a movie together Mm. and I think sometimes people assume that about us because at first me and Helen were the closer ones because I met her you guys have known each other more intimately for a longer period exactly because we traveled to Asia together but I think now with the progression of the podcast it feels like all of us are just really close with each other yeah yeah. all right the next one here is from Sally Bishop role models for young Asian American women I don't know if that's a comment or an assumption we hope hope it's I hope it's true true. (laughs) assumption next one y'all are yappies from Anna (laughs) Lequeux 
I think it depends how what you define a yappy as. Yeah. Generally speaking, I do agree that all three of us are yappies because we do Asian working professional. Exactly. We kind of match the literal definition of it, I guess. Yep. And I think also, yes, young Asian working professionals and also, I guess, part of like a socioeconomic status where you're not too concerned financially, stable, living in the city. All of those assumptions are usually associated with yappies. Yeah. Yeah. And actually moves on to our next assumption from Rara Hannah. I'm so sorry. We're, like We're really bad with these, these names. <laughs> Her assumption is y'all never struggled financially or establishing yourself in your careers. False. Not true. Not true. Yeah. At least for me. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. I've jumped around a lot in my career and it took me actually a while to figure out that financial stability was A, an important factor for me and then B, how to achieve that or how I defined it and then how to achieve that. So Yeah false for you i would say it's also false for me that assumption because i think i mentioned in like maybe like the working episodes when i first moved to la i wasn't making any money so i wasn't financially stable at all i literally had to either find a part-time job or had my parents help me but there's also a period of time where since i wasn't making enough money i had to like live in roommate in a room as an adult so i had to like kind of share a room with share a room and penny pinch and not go out as much. So I did have to figure out how to like juggle my finances when I lived in LA. And that also went hand in hand with finding myself in my career. You know, it, it was a journey to get to where I am today. So I would say that assumption is false. I would say for me, like half of this is true, half of this is false. Cause right after college, I did go straight into finance and I lived at home for three years. So there was financial stability, but it took away from the side of like exploring as a young 20 year old, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to do that. But what I focused more on was just being financially stable. So I would say the first part is probably a little bit true for me because I've been working in finance for so long now. But then in terms of establishing yourselves in your careers, I would say I've definitely struggled with that. And I talk about that in the grade zone episode. So you can listen there if you want to hear about those struggles. And our next assumption is from Chirona321. I assume you three are always social people. Totally false. False. I'm a total introvert. (laughs) I think you two are definitely much more extroverted. Yeah. Yeah, but then I think we also talked about you kind of grew up, like everyone kind of needs their downtime, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think in the levels of extrovertness, it's going to be Helen's first and then me and then Janice. Really? I think Mel first and then oh, me. Oh, no. But you, really? you want to go out more than I do. Hmm. I need more alone time than you. True. But I think when you're around people, I feel like you're more extroverted. I actually disagree with you. Really? Oh. No. When settings where with a lot of people, you're always the ones like, oh my God, hey. And then you're always talking. And I look at Jen, I'm just like, I can't do this. I sometimes. honestly, when I go out with you guys, I'm like, sometimes I'm like super overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm just going to hang out back here. <laughs> Wait, so what do you, who do you think is more extroverted in group settings? Um, I feel like you both are in your... Yeah, I don't know. In our own different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm more extroverted with groups I'm familiar with. If there's Mm. a new setting, you thrive a lot more better, Helen. Mm, I see. Because there are times when I'm also just like, okay, Mel's doing most of the, like, talking to people. I'm like, I'm just going to chill. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dang, I haven't felt that I guess it depends. I never never really observed or noticed that. Do you feel like I have changed in my social miss like from when, when you guys first met me hmm you like those one-on-one conversations yeah. with yeah, people yeah. where you have like deeper conversations with people but you're not like like going from one person to the other to the mm, other and yeah, like yeah. striking up conversation with like quantity versus like i feel like you do more quality mm. i agree yeah and i think that's always been pretty much the same pretty consistent yeah, yeah pretty consistent but then in terms of like our meetups i feel like you do put yourself out there mm-hmm. yeah. and talk to a lot of people so yeah. That's different from when I first met you. Yeah. That's true. I would say overall, Helen and I are more social than Janet, but we also all have our introverted qualities. There are times yeah. where I don't like, even last night, I didn't want to go out because I was exhausted. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if it's like, are you all three social people? Like, yeah, we we, we are. are pretty social. Yeah. I, yeah. I suppose. We can be. We can turn it on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the next one here is you all have lots of close friends. And this is from Belle Takes the Workplace. 
For me personally, I would say that is correct. I like to stay close to my different friend groups from my different facets of my life. Like I'm really close to my college roommates still, my best friends from home, my high school friends, you guys. I would say I have a lot of close friends or that I trust too. I think I'm a really trusting person, so I open up really quickly to mm-hmm. people. So I do say, I would say I have a lot of close friends. I would say that I have maybe like less close friends. I feel like because like moving across country has been like a little bit yeah. more d- difficult keeping like the closeness with mm-hmm. high school friends, but I do still feel very close to them when I am back on the East Coast. I don't think I'm like as trusting mm-hmm. of people. Like I, I have a wall up in terms of like people getting to really, really know me mm-hmm. at and that like deeper level. So maybe that's what contributes to it. I feel like I have less closer friends, but a good solid group of close friends. Same. I think, well, I guess somewhere in between maybe the two of you, because I, I did grow up in like Southern California and that's where I am now. So when I moved back, I was able to reconnect with a lot of like younger childhood friends mm-hmm. and like high school friends and college friends. So those are, I definitely have like maybe two handfuls of people mm-hmm. that um, I maintain a relationship with. But it is pretty, I, I do kind of have a little bit more of a wall. But I think as you get older too, it's mm-hmm. like harder to keep some of those close friendships. Yeah. Because so. yeah. you have your job, you have like all of Yeah, just competing time. Yeah. Okay, so our next one is from Nathan Hahn. Janet sleeps early. Not real. Ah. Uh, my sleeping is like all over the place. So sometimes I go to bed early, but I'm actually probably more naturally a night owl. I think Mel probably sleeps the yeah, earliest out of all of us. Yeah. yeah. So this one is false. <laughs> oh. All right, Janet. Because she does. You do sleep at two o'clock sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I sleep. I get, you yeah. guys get emails from me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't sleep. Because I sleep around like you're pretty consistent with your bed twelve time, I think. or yeah. one. Yeah. Oh man, I sleep at like two or three. Or sometimes not at all. Helen's like, (laughs) I'm a night night owl for sure. (laughs) All right. Our next assumption from YP Jennifer. I assume you all are very into skincare. Share with us your favorite skincare product. I don't think I'm super into skincare. I do. I mean, at a base level, I feel like I've been raised to really value like putting on lotion and take like washing your face, like having a regular routine. Mm -hmm. But I'm not like very extensive about it. Yeah. I don't know. What about you ladies? I think I'm on the same page as Janet. You use a bar of soap. I actually <laughs> upgraded. I do use like a cleanser. I implemented like the Korean skincare like routine. The oh, so you have steps. your jazzing it up. Yeah, I have like maybe like four steps now. But at the same time, it's like I'm not spending my free time like l- researching other products I want to buy. Mm. I don't really care. Like yeah. I care enough to like upgrade my products, but not that I'm spending a lot of time researching about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same. We actually have an episode for ep- episode 15, Time to Get Skin Timid, where we talk about our skincare routines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my favorite is probably SK2. I can't tell because it's not like an overnight thing where mm, you're like, oh, this product time, really yeah. works. I do use face wash and toner and then I use essence and lotion and then also a serum in between the essence and lotion. I don't know if that's the right order, but that's what I typically do. Yeah. And then now I'm starting to use sunscreen all the time, yeah. every day. Yep. But that's probably within the past like few months that I've started to do that. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty basic with the oil overlay for like face lotion with like the SPF 30, Neutrogena for face wash. And then I do like toners. I think toners are really good, like moisture. Mm-hmm. Takes off all your makeup too. Yeah. yeah all like actually, the excess. I always need to have a moisturizer at all times on my vanity or like in my closet or whatever it's called. <laughs> I've been using is it Etude House is moisturizer. It smells so good and it's kind of fluffy. So moisturizer is always something I use. In terms of toner, I've been trying Sun and Park water. Oh yeah, I use that one too. It's great. good. Yeah, love it. So yeah, that's one of my products I like. Another question from Diana Kwan. You guys never go without makeup. False. I go out with, or but go out like out out or like to the grocery store. Whatever, whatever you think it is. During the day, I mean, I will have. I've started going to work without makeup sometimes. But if we go out like a lounge or something like that, then I almost always wear makeup. I feel like I don't know. 
What about you, ladies? I almost always wear makeup. I just feel like I never know what's going to happen or where the Oh, day you're always is. prepared. <laughs> yeah, or like where the day is going to take me, you know? Like if I go to the grocery store and, des- and I decide to go hang out with a friend or something, yeah. I don't want to feel like I have to like go home, get put my face mm. on before like a full day. So I'd rather be allow myself to be spontaneous with my day by having my face ready yeah <laughs> if that makes sense no that makes sense so i actually ran into that issue uh oh, yeah. i would say this is false for me because i got to a point where every day i go to work i don't want to wear makeup because it's just it's exhausting mm-hmm. i rather sleep in if i know i have a shoot or something then i'll wear makeup and, mm-hmm. and like helen or like janet if we're going out i would always wear makeup right but i ran into this situation last week where i forgot we're filming for work and like, oh, we're filming today. And I watched it. I was like, what? I don't have my makeup on. Oh, man. So part of me is like, fuck it. I just, we shot it without my makeup. And I was like, crap. I definitely felt a little, like not as like confident, to be yeah. honest. But I did it anyway. So on the day-to-day, I don't wear makeup to work. But on the nighttime, I do wear my makeup yeah. to work. Your full lashes. All of them. In terms of going to work, I would prefer to wear makeup to work. Because I do think you look more put together. It's more professional. Mm-hmm. But then on the weekends, I take a break. And then usually I won't. Like to give my skin some, my eyelashes. Yeah. And yeah. Just stuff too, so. Yeah, so that one is partially true. All right, next one's from Belle Takes. She said, you guys have dressed up as Charlie's Angels together one Halloween. That is false. False. Where'd you get that from? (laughs) Yeah. I think last year was the first year we attempted to all dress up as the same theme. And Janet and I dressed up as like a bubble bath, like our bathroom product. So I was like a loofah and she was a bubble bath. I was bubbles. You were a tub. I was a tub. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, where did we go to get costume Walmart. At Walmart. You got one of those like I found like a styrofoam, what do you call it? Ice box. Yeah. Yeah. Cut out the bottom, stuck herself in it. She put, she put, <laughs> put some balloons. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was yeah. really good. We wanted Helena join in too, but I think she got pulled for a couple's costume. So she's like, she was a chicken. They're no, popcorn. I was popcorn. Popcorn. And then my boyfriend was chicken. chicken. So we were popcorn chicken. That's pretty cute. Actually. <laughs> All right. The next one here is from... Sally Bishop, and she says, most of your circle is Asian. And then Ballerina also said you only hang out with other Asians. True or false, ladies? I would say majority is true. Mm-hmm. I think our immediate circle, I think it's also because of the fact that we are very part of the Asian American community. We really care about it, that a lot of our friends are also Asian and Asian American. So I think naturally our circle is Asian. Yeah. Outside of our like immediate group of friends, my work friends are not all Asian. Yeah, I would say that's probably where my non-Asian friends are from, yeah, which, is, which is work. But at the same time, it's like, what's the issue? I don't know. There's no issue with that. You always hear people talking about like, oh, when you go to like a school and you see a bunch of Asian kids sitting at the same cafeteria table, it's like, oh, that's the Asian table. But like, look at every other table. It's like, oh, that's a white table. Do you ever say that? No. So <laughs> I don't see that as an issue. But um, for me, yeah, mostly, mostly Asians. Yeah. I, well, for me, I think the, our social group that we go out with, yes, because a lot of us have friends in this circle that share and create content for and care about the Asian American community. In terms of like when I visit like friends from home and friends from college and stuff, I have a mix, I guess the other types of Asians, like Indian friends. South I have Asian, quite a few, yeah. Yeah, South Asian friends. But yeah, actually most of them are kind of like maybe come from like an ethnic background mm-hmm. or like they have that shared experience. Yeah. Shared experiences bring a lot of people together. So it makes sense. It makes sense. All right. Next one here is confidence and dating came easy to y'all this from rare hannah she's a rare one <laughs> for me no <laughs> absolutely yeah. not that one i don't know if you guys remember i forget which episode it was on but when i talked about the, uh, the gum i talked <laughs> about my dating like my one 
blind date dating experience and it was so bad that's the one where i was sweating so much in my car the sweat that came out was sweat that smelled and then i didn't have any deodorant on all i had was chewing gum so i put that on my armpits so yeah i have no confidence <laughs> when it comes to dating i definitely struggled too i think actually growing up i was always like a really shy and quiet person i didn't really start dating until later so when it came to the topic of like your love life and and dating and stuff like that i was always felt really out of place in my older young adult years especially with like dating app culture when I started going on a lot of like first dates you kind of naturally develop a sense of confidence in like just knowing how to deal with it but it did not come easy and even now when I have breaks and I have not been dating and then I have to go back out like you kind of it like feels like awkward again and yeah, yeah. I think for me it's like I get super nervous before any first date like I'm literally shaking. Like, just the thought of it right now, I'm getting anxiety. You guys have been there for me before one of my first dates with my ex-boyfriend, and I was, like, freaking out. Like, I usually had to take a shot or just something to mellow me out. So I wouldn't say I'm confident in dating or dating comes easy to us. I do have to say, though, once the date starts and the conversation flows, mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable. So I don't know if that's a confidence thing or just, like, a nervous have thing. Have you ever been on a date where you just don't have good conversation? No. Oh. Yeah. Or it's like very apparent that you have different interests. Yeah. And then it feels like it's not really. Have you ever just cut it off? It's like, "Mm, stop what you're saying. I'm done with this one. (laughs) I will like kind of like if it's like a drink, I'll like after one drink and then leave. But actually that's something I struggle with. Usually I'm like, if I've already committed and we scheduled something, I'm just going to have fun and make it an evening. And so I'll find a way to make it interesting, but Mm. it's probably better to like just say, yeah. Dang. (laughs) All right. Next one's from Virtual Sonia. She says, you all want kids. I do. I think we'll... Do you guys... Yeah. Please, you guys... That, yeah. <laughs> All of us want kids. Yes, you are so correct. Okay. <laughs> Assumption <laughs> valid. <Yeah. laughs> the next one comes from My Key Rhythm. Before I followed you all on IG, I assume you all were mature, calm, cool, and collected. Now I know how adorable you all are. Oh, cool. I guess oh, that's an assumption sweet. when you first started listening, and now, uh, now you know us a little bit more, and we are all dorks, yes. apparently. Assumption valid. <laughs> <laughs> we are not mature, calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> Sometimes we are, though. We're both. We can be both. Yeah. All right, next one. <laughs> next one here. You all want to end up with the same things in life. Start a family eventually. Mm, I don't know if you... Not the same things, per se. But in terms of babies. Oh, yeah. In, ter- yeah, in terms family. of wanting to have a family. I agree. I think all three of us would want a family. Yeah. And the next one from Virtual Sonia, you all want to get married. Valid. Very true. Yeah. Very true. The next one here, you guys party hard, like drink a lot, but work hard too. And this one is from Requested to be Anonymous. So it's like, how do you, I guess we all define partying hard very differently, right? Yeah. Because we always have friends that party harder than us. But we also have friends that party softer than us. (laughs) (laughs) Are we right in the middle? (laughs) I will admit that we do go at least once a weekend, right? Yeah. It's been pretty consistent, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think compared to the average person, yes, we probably do go out pretty often and pretty hard when we do go out. I think people have commented when they come out with us and drink that we are quite heavy on the... <laughs> What's the right way to say that? Heavy on the hand? I don't know. <laughs> you work hard, play hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, I would say that's valid. Okay, next one. I assume you guys are all perfectionists. This is from Angela Wu, 93. I would say probably we have maybe the way that we were brought up through our culture, there is some perfectionist, like just ways of thinking or values. But I've definitely let go a lot of that as I've gotten older, just, you know, learning about reality and stuff. Like, like what, that. for example, what have you let go of? I think for one example, like in the workplace, I used to be a big perfectionist with like just any task that I did. And now I feel a lot more in the mindset of like getting something out that's like less than perfect is better than like waiting on something for a really long time and then not getting it out. Mm. So or I, I think I'm just used to like failing a lot more or like, quote unquote, not 
having a perfect outcome a lot more. I don't know. What about you ladies? I feel like I'm not exactly a perfectionist, but I'm particular about certain things. Mm. So not all the work I put out is perfect, but there are some things I like done a certain way and then I get really picky on those things. When I was younger, I used to think I, I probably had like OCD or something. I don't know where it went, but I used to like when we wrote essays, they were still on paper, right? It wasn't typed up. So I would write it on paper and if I didn't dot my I exactly above the I, I would have to like erase the dot and then write it over and over and over again. Same for the period and everything had to be super mm. perfect. Perfect. I don't know where that came from. Also, don't know where it went because now my writing is like chicken scratch. It's so bad. So I don't know. I think I used to be, but like Janet, I think now just kind of letting go of things and not putting too much weight on it. At the same time, though, I think for all of us, like we don't aim for mediocre. I think we yeah, all aim yeah. for some level of perfection, but yeah. a reasonable amount. Yeah. Yeah. A non-crazy a amount. Yeah. Asians and hearts. You're really outspoken about social issues in your day-to-day lives. Hmm. I would probably say this is false for me. I think sometimes I feel like I'm not as educator or have enough knowledge about all the social issues. I don't speak up about it because we actually talk about this a lot in our office. Mm. There are times mm. I just sit there quietly to observe and like absorb and then I kind of just like do my own research on the side. I would say that was like maybe for me a year ago. I think I was probably in the same boat and then now what I do is like I try to be very on top of news and social issues and all of that so I feel more equipped. Mm-hmm. So uh, someone had mentioned to me before like Helen you're so optimistic. Do you ever get upset about anything Mm. and I think it is like social issues if anyone is racist or misogynistic I will get so angry and so triggered by those things even thinking about it I'm like but yes yes for me even like yesterday when we were out at a bar the bouncer this is just an example I guess of like not a woke not a woke security man yeah Yeah. I guess this is being outspoken about social issues right but it was 2 a.m and we were all told to leave and I still had a drink in my hand and he said to me this the the head security guy he said man up finish your drink i got so triggered i was so triggered and maybe a year ago i probably would have just been like oh that's funny like okay sure and like joke around but i was like man up like why is it man up he i didn't think he understood that he was being offensive yeah Yeah. and he was just trying to kind of like showcase that he's in a greater position of power and like try to get you to finish your drink but i'm like i don't think you understand you're using a word that's very socially like insensitive (laughs) you want me to drop my dick in front of you (laughs) man (laughs) i think it's important to start speaking up more about social issues. I think for me, I'm probably more similar with Mel in that it's not something that is of like a deep, deep interest to me where I'm going to be bringing the Mm -hmm. issues up like without being prompted. Mm -hmm. But if I'm like having a conversation with people and something comes up like and I have an opinion about it or I feel offended, generally I would try to like in a diplomatic way kind of express an opinion. You do. And you do that a lot, especially even with our like friends too. I feel like you get into deeper conversations about things because you have a certain stance on issues. Mm -hmm. I do want to add though when it comes to like social issues like identity or asian american Mm. like representation that's when we would actually all three of us would say something we all have a perspective on it and Mm -hmm. i think there's certain social issues that we're passionate about for helen it's like misogyny or racism Racism, and then for mel it's like asian american culture Mm -hmm. those issues that we will be but we're not kind of like super plugged into every social issue that's happening. I agree. agree. And that's us just being completely honest. We're definitely educating ourselves on a day-to-day basis so that we can be more woke on topics that spread across all spectrums of society. So our next one is from Virtua Sonia. She said, you all like clothes and makeup. I would say to some degree, like I I think we all have fun with fashion and with makeup. Yeah, I I would agree. I would say that assumption is correct. But I'm not obsessed with makeup though. 
Yeah. Like, make yeah. us something for me. I'm not like, oh my God, Sephora will launch something with Kylie Jenner. I don't really yeah, care yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. I think for me, I just want to figure out what looks good and then just keep it at that. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I'm happy style. with my face yeah. right now. For clothing, I used to like shopping a lot more. I hate shopping now. It's tiring. I hate going to a mall, parking, and then potentially not coming out with anything. Mm. Like, that triggers me. <laughs> I definitely, word. <laughs> I definitely go through periods or like phases. Sometimes I'm like very like functional about my clothing. And then that's like, I don't want to shop and I just want to have my core pieces and not think about it. And then other times I feel like I do think clothes are a really fun way to express yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will take the time to like go and like drive to a mall and like stand through the, like the crowded stores and all of that. Yeah. So I guess we're like moderate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I realize that fair. the only time I go shopping now is when I'm going on like a trip. And I'm like, oh, ah. I want to look cute for this trip. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. go and search for something. Yeah. Or an event we're scrambling to find clothes for. Yeah. Or when Mel's shopping for us, she's done that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually like, I don't mind shopping for you guys. I really enjoyed it. You last have a time. good eye for things. Yeah. yeah. I try. The next one here. <laughs> Mel is panicky like me. That's from Diana Kwong. Aw. I want you two to answer this one. Panicky? Um, I would say that you have more anxiety than the both of us. Mm-hmm panicky though you have like a lot of passion towards things that you do so i think your emotions come out more when something doesn't go right so true (laughs) (laughs) panicky yeah that's um, i would say if it's like if you've had a really rough week and there's like a bunch of stuff happening you might but it doesn't come off as panicky i think so much as just like maybe you'll be you'll be more anxious Mm. anxious yeah yeah. that's a good word yeah yeah, that's a good word (laughs) how about you you, mel what do you think i would agree like definitely am more anxious because people tell me like mel calm down like don't fucking have to calm down like i do yeah that triggers you hate when people that is my trigger but i also think it's because i talk really fast so people are like okay mel you're very like panicky right now i'm like Mm. oh that's just how i talk sometimes (laughs) you're like i'm not in a mode of panic but but you guys are both really accurate i do think when things don't go the way i expect it i do tend to be a little bit more like anxious and kind of like high strong i agree (laughs) good assumption so virtual sonia is assuming that we all want to marry asian guys only do you think this is a valid assumption i mean i'm close enough in my relationship to say yes (laughs) (laughs) i would also agree probably i actually really want to marry an asian guy well i listened to a podcast and it's about this asian girl how she should explore different like people outside of her culture or whatever and so i kind of want to do that too but honestly one thing i'm learning about myself recently is that i hear a lot about the Asian American community. And the reason why I've always dated Asian guys because I felt they understood me in a level where I didn't have to explain anything, right? And I feel like that's something I really value and I really like. After realizing that, I do want to marry an Asian guy because of that quality. And so I just want someone to be aligned with my values and my beliefs and just my cultural upbringing. So yeah, I do want to marry an Asian guy. And Asian men are hot. And I would say for myself, like similar to Amel in terms of valuing the culture, like that is something I am looking for, but I'm also not exclusive to that. So I'm open to marrying someone of a different cultural background, but it is a definite plus if someone shares my cultural background. I mean, yeah, and it's not like you're avoiding a whole group of like different races or anything like that. It's literally more like our parents can speak to them easier if they speak Chinese, if all of so Mm -hmm. many different things leads to this, you know, dating Asian men only. There's this thing that I realized, I was joking on the friend and you know, some girls say, talk dirty to me, right? Like as a, like a sexual or like a Mm -hmm. flirty thing. I go like, talk Mandarin to me or like, I just, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just kind of like I think it's really cute because I speak Mandarin, like conversational with my family, 
it, there's something cute when I can speak Chinese with someone. Mm. I think it's kind of fun. Does it feel, because it feels like it's like almost, not a secret language, but if you're, because if you're not able to speak it normally yeah. and share it with someone, then it feels special. It does. I think that's what it is. It feels kind of like a tingly feeling. That sounds weird. A tingly. Wait, <laughs> it's nice. If, if you sh- want to email a tingly feeling, just leave us a Mandarin to her. Oh, leave us a voicemail. Just speak Mandarin <laughs> to Mel. Oh, please. God. <laughs> All right, so the next one is from Ballerina again. She said, Janet is super zen. When I first read that, I thought it said A-Z-N. <laughs> it's like, Janet is very A-Z-N. What do you think, Janet? I think Janet's very zen. Yeah. She is super zen. I, I love her zenness. <laughs> Me too. I was waiting to hear what you ladies would say. I guess generally I am pretty zen, but sometimes it's like I'll present like I'm zen on the outside when I'm like crazy stressed out on the inside. She's very good at controlling her emotions. And I feel like that's when you present yourself zenly. But mm. you're saying like maybe in your head, it's like I'm like not zen at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have not slept. Because <laughs> I think me and Helen are very like, wow, we're a little crazy. So to yourself. <laughs> Excuse me? No, but Janet's always, like, been the one. I feel like she's, like, our rock. Yeah. Oh, They're very sturdy and stable. And, like, you're very... I'm a zen rock, guys. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Start selling I wanna, that. I want to poke you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one here is from Comical Chronicles. I assume that none of you follow a religion. Not judging, by the way. Hmm. That's a pretty good assumption. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I grew up in a non-religious household, so I would say I'm agnostic. I feel like I believe in something, and that's the definition of <laughs> agnostic. Mm-hmm. I believe in something, but not sure what it is. But open to searching for what it is. I'm on the same page with Helen. Like, my family, we weren't really religious growing up, but my mom is very open-minded where I did go to, like, vacation Bible study at the VBS, and I also did, like, Buddhist school. Mm-hmm. So oh. I, my mom just was open for me to learn about different religions. And when we do go back to Taiwan, we did a traditional, like, burning of the papers and things mm-hmm. like that to, like, I guess... To some spiritual... Yeah, same with my parents. Yeah, they're very ancestors. Spiritual mm-hmm. ancestry, or, like, there's also these, like, figurines that mm-hmm. my mom puts around the household. So I don't, I don't know if that's, like, specifically a religion that we practice, but it's, like, a belief in something greater. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Same with you, ladies. I considered myself agnostic for a really long time. My family didn't really have a religion. My grandma did become very much into Christianity and attending church when she was older. I think it was more for like the community aspect. I believe in the importance of spirituality and just I don't ascribe any particular religion. Zen. (laughs) (laughs) So our next question comes from Jessica X. Lee. Helen has a perfect relationship. With what? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good (laughs) relationship with. My iced coffee I'm drinking right now? Yes. Oh, how about you guys answer that one for me? Okay. I think we're going to assume you're talking about her like romantic relationship. And I think through the podcast, we learned that, you know, all relationships aren't perfect. And like everyone else, Helen and her boyfriend also had their ups and downs. But you need those moments to really get to a moment of like solidness, right? I think right now you and your boyfriend are finally reached a place where you know you guys understand each other more, but you had to get to that place by going through the ups and downs, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Very true. So I feel like you guys have arrived at a very good, perfect-like state, but not without ups and downs. So the relationship isn't perfect, as no relationship is, but the current state is feeling pretty Wow, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, I would say that we've been together for a couple of years now, and the first two or so years was like very tumultuous. Because I think we're at a point where we just wanted each other to be like the perfect version of Mm. our significant others for each other. Because when you're in your late 20s or so, you want the person that you're dating to be the person that you marry, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a lot of like projecting little things and why do you do it this way? So one thing that I've told the ladies before that he gets mad at me about is when I like put something down on a surface and it's not level. As in I'll stack half of it on top of something else that's on the table. And he got like so upset at that stuff. But oh, I don't know why I do it. I don't, I don't do it intentionally. <laughs> but I think now we've gotten to a point where we laugh about those like little yeah. things that used to annoy each other. 
because we've decided to like choose one another and the relationship that we have rather than focusing on all these little things. Obviously, a lot of things still pop up here and there. So I think it's it's a good relationship. Perfect. I don't know what perfect is. So um, it's a good one. Yeah. Tafanza says, you take on the hostess roles at parties. I would say that's yes for Helen. Mm. A very clear picture comes into my mind is when we're in New York and our friend Andrew was like kind of hosting us and had like this potluck. Helen naturally took on that role, got a bunch of cups, got a bottle and started pouring everyone shots and like was talking to everyone. And like as she was pouring, she was like getting to know everyone. So I feel naturally you like to make sure everyone's taken care of Mm. and having a good time. Yeah, I guess so. It's weird when you mention it like that or like you for sure are because I'm not forcing it, right? Like it it just is, I don't know. And maybe that's like one of those things where I like for other people to have a good time. And then also Mm -hmm. having been on this podcast and talking so much about myself now, I realize like I don't like to impose my own things onto Mm -hmm. other people. It's like I want other people to have a good time. And maybe that goes into like the whole hosting thing and Mm -hmm. making sure people are having fun. What do you think about us though? Like, I think it depends on where we're like hosting an event. For example, if we're meeting at Janet, Janet is a good host. She's like, mm-hmm. "Hey guys, I bought this," and like, if you live in if you need anything, I'm like, a bad host. Really? I mean, I think I'm a good host in that, like, I'm open to having people over and stuff. But I'm like, the waters are there; you can get it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just because we're all comfortable now. Yeah, I know. I feel like you are a really good host. You'll be like, "I have wine, I have whatever," and you're like, you know, whenever when we have one of those nights when it's not like yeah, recording. Yeah, that's true. When there's like other people coming over, we will, I'll try to kind of you'll yeah. go to Trader Joe's. You'll like get yeah. food and all of that stuff. I think we're we're all good hosts. Yeah. yeah. And Mel's hosted at your place a couple of times, like when we do pre-parties and stuff, and you're always very accommodating. So it just depends on who's hosting uh, where, right? If it's a Helen's, if it's Janice yeah. or mine, we're pretty all like, pretty good. Yeah. I will tell people also, get the water from the fridge yourself. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know what constitutes a good host. That's true. Wait, well, I mean, like, I'm going to the springs to like <laughs> get a pail and get you some water. Nah, press the button. <laughs> So next one here is from Jessica Exley. I assume you guys were very timid about discussing sex, like most Asians, but you are not. I think that depends on your opinion, because I feel like, in my personal opinion, I think I am very open to talk about sex, but at the same time, there's also a level of, I don't want to reveal too much because I want to have my privacy still. Mm -hmm. So some could say, yes, we are open. Others can say, no, we don't talk about it enough, right? Mm. I do think that when we first started off this podcast and like, we didn't really know the audience that we would be reaching, we would have been much more open to talking about it. Mm -hmm. But I think now, like for me personally... I don't know if I want to go into like the gory details, even though maybe we should, right? Like why, why not just talk about it? But you guys are listening out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also weird. Cause I feel like with you, they probably they already know who it is. <laughs> yeah. Or like people at work. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. <laughs> so darn, we should have had another episode earlier yeah. on in the seasons. In theory, I feel like I was really open to talking about it. But then when we started like actually drafting out episode topics and stuff and then and then maybe even starting to like touch on those topics, sometimes it's like you get in front of the mic and you're like, oh, wow, actually, do I really want to share this? Queef. But, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I think in the future episodes, I, that is a topic I think would push us a bit and I think is good to talk about for young Asian American women. So yeah. Look out for future episodes. And give us give us topic suggestions. So we feel like we're answering questions for you instead of like just, just talking about sex. Divulging yeah. all our <laughs> secretive sex stuff. Well, would you guys say that even amongst us three, like outside of the podcast, we don't really talk about the details of sex. Well, because you know my boyfriend. And so whenever I talk about intimacy, <laughs> Mel's always like, ew, ew, ew. That's like my brother. No, it's, <laughs> but it's true. It's like my, that's true. I mean, that's why. But even with Janet, like we don't talk about it. I haven't been having sex. So. <laughs> I'll talk about it when it starts <laughs> no, oh, we should have an episode on that when Janet starts. I'm like down. every little detail. Oh.
Are we scaring away any men that would yeah. want to date me now? <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're flocking. They're flocking <laughs> over. All right. And so our final assumption for this episode is from Ellen Dish. L and Dish. <laughs> L and Ish. Okay. Assumption is you guys will start a YouTube channel to post the podcast. Ooh. Good question. Or assumption? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are thinking about it. So we are constantly thinking about how to grow this podcast. We've been going for two years now. We've done a lot of speaking events and we've Mm -hmm. done a lot of meetups. And we're trying to think about, you know, what is the next step of like expanding our company and growing our company? One way is to go video Mm because we are all together. We are recording on a podcast. A lot of people, actually, a lot of YouTubers, they have podcasts that are also video format mm-hmm. and they're just sitting there talking and so even now when i look around like y'all are good right now too so it's like why not just have a video on us I so know. yeah why not it's because it's the weekend we have our makeup on it yeah, yeah. Like, it was like it'd be 10 p.m <laughs> but yeah no it's something we're we're aiming towards but you know logistically it's also a challenge because we all work full-time jobs so figuring out how to make that happen consistently because we don't want to just put like one video up we'd want to have you know continuous videos up but it's something we're aiming towards so stay maybe. connected. Yeah. yeah, and maybe not just the recordings too. Like Mel, I know you had ideas about like our day-to-day or vlogs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people ask us about makeup tutorials and face products and stuff yeah. like that. So maybe that could be one of them. I know. It's kind of crazy to think that we'll be expanding to video because we just right now it's still like a podcast. It's just audio format. But I mean, if you guys want us to do video, please let us know. Email us, DM us, and let us know what kind of video you guys want us to do besides just recording our podcast at asianbossgirl at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're going to be really bad on video. (laughs) Exactly. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. One thing we're really big on here at ABG is leveling up. What helps us to be strong, intelligent women is continuously learning new skills, which allows us to thrive. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people everywhere. As someone who now works full-time in media, I need to be on top of moving social trends and deliver as a leader. With Skillshare's social strategy and leadership classes like Modern Leadership, I'm able to stay ahead of the curve. Skillshare has an incredible range of classes and it feels good knowing I have a one-stop shop to grow into the woman I want to be. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for ABG listeners, two months free. That's right, Skillshare is offering Asian Boss Girl listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com ABG. Again, that's Skillshare.com ABG to start your two months now. Skillshare.com ABG. Right, so now we're going to jump into our Dear ABG section. So for those of you who don't know, we do have a Google voicemail. So you can leave us a voicemail at 213-262-8776. That's 213-262-8776. You can leave any questions, comments, whatever it is. We go through each of them and we'll select a couple that will feature on our episodes in these Dear ABG sections. We don't have like a... Dear Amy, I don't know. You might have a potential jingle upcoming jingle, next yes. season. Actually, Mel, go. Jingle. Jingle bells. Jingle bell. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. And here's our first voicemail. How can I meet and create long-lasting female relationships? I've always been a tomboy, and it's been difficult to connect with other women. 
Um, I used to not want to have, like, female relationships in my life, but as I'm growing older and I'm 26 now, I'm yearning for that kind of energy where I feel like I can be completely just me um, in front of other women without being judged. Basically, I'm looking for my ride or die similar to the relationship the three of you ABGs have. Um, thanks so much. Have a great day. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that voicemail. This listener is anonymous. So I guess for me, honestly, I have a lot of close friends that are tomboys. That doesn't stop me from being close friends with them because for me, I don't connect with them on that level. It's more like it's much a deeper level than that. Like we just connect more as friends and just struggles that we're going through as individuals. So I think my advice to you is don't let that be a reason to prevent you to build these strong friendships with other women. You know, if anything, like personally for me, I'm not looking at that at all. I'm looking at do we like vibe together? Do Mm -hmm. Do we like hanging out together? Do we have fun when we go out? I wouldn't let that stop you because I feel like when you fixate on something like that, it's going to like, what is that word when it's self-fulfilling prophecy a little yeah, bit? A little yeah, bit, exactly. Because yeah. I think if you fixate on that, you're kind of like preventing yourself from making new friends, right? Yeah. Say like you have particular interests that you consider, like when you say you're a tomboy, like what, what do you think that means, right? And if you're trying to make friends who are women and have other activities or hobbies that are similar to yours, like go out to those classes or to those groups and then maybe you'll meet someone with shared interests. Hi, VG. I love your podcast so much. Um, I was wondering if there's a boy that seems just like absolutely perfect, but you guys are long distance and you guys are flourishing fairly well long distance. How would you continue the relationship to make sure that it still is maintained and is still strong? Um, we visit each other about like once or twice every month. So other than that, is there anything else that we can do besides daily phone calls? Um, I just wanted to ask, and I, again, want to emphasize how much I love you guys. Um, and I hope to come to Bofumofo Cafe one of these days. Okay, bye. I think Helen has really good advice on this. When she was in Spain, she was long distance with her boyfriend. So Helen, what did you and your boyfriend do? Yeah, we were long distance for about three months, so it didn't really feel like a long distance relationship because we knew there would be an end to that timing. But some things that we did to help with the distance, we would have daily phone calls, we would FaceTime, but the timing was always off because my bedtime would be basically oh, his yeah, crack like of dawn. Night. Yeah, it was the complete opposite schedule. So we would text each other when it was convenient, but we realized these short, somewhat surface level interactions weren't enough. It felt almost transactional, right? So one thing that we ended up doing was email. The difference with email is that it's almost like writing a diary entry about your day. You divulge a lot more information than you would through text message and five to 10 minute phone conversations. And also now we go back and look at all our emails. It's nice. It's like writing a little love letter to each other. Finding time to sit down and write it out is much more meaningful. The emails really helped us out a lot. That's a really good tip. It's like a modern day love letter, which is really yeah. sweet. I think another thing I would add is, I don't know if you guys do this, but even just FaceTiming, Face t- yeah. it just means so much more than to see someone's face versus like you're on a call. So now when I talk to even my friends who live in like in New York or in a different country, I will always ask to FaceTime instead of just calling. Because just that one like level of like face-to-face interaction is so important to me yeah you see facial like reactions and stuff so yeah it's definitely it's like texting i feel like is level one and it's hard to like get a good sense but then if you do a phone call then you can hear each other's voice and then the next level up is like facetime so you could actually visually see each other So with that said, 
We're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so, so much for sending across your assumptions, submitting your questions and comments through our Dear ABG voicemail system, and also for being with us this whole season. I know. So much has happened during season four. I think out of all the seasons, I'm really the most proud of season four. I feel like we connect a lot with our listeners, with our topics, and we went to SF this year. We went to Toronto at then season four. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and I feel like the three of us are more energized than ever looking forward. We're so excited for season five. We already have some episodes lined up that we want to um, record. And thinking of other ways to extend, like Mel said, we went to Toronto, we went to SF, we held a meetup in, was LA? The meetup for LA was this past year because when I got back from Spain, which was last year around this time was when we actually went to New York and then LA. That's the main thing we're saying is that we were really fortunate enough to actually meet listeners face-to-face this season. And like Janice said, we're so energized and we just want to take ABG to the next level. And we're going to spend this time off to really think about how we can, I guess, provide more better and value content for you guys. Also during this off season, we want to connect with you and meet you in person. So if you work at a corporation or are part of a school organization, We went out to speak at Verizon Media. We've been at a few colleges now. If you're part of a group that wants to bring us out, let us know. We'd love to see you. You can email us at asianbossgirl at gmail.com. Yes, and we are going to be actively doing other things during our time off. So please stay connected with us on social, uh, on IG at Asian Boss Girl. And as always, please subscribe and we'll just pop up in your feed. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Google Play, all of the platforms. It's abg-asianbossgirl. And if you are just joining us brand new or you've missed a couple of episodes, we have 46 total for you all to listen to. So find us on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Google Play, all of the platforms. We are AVG-AsianBossGirl. Hit that subscribe button. And when next season starts, we'll just pop up in your feed. Thanks, everyone, for staying with us. And we'll see you next season. Bye. Bye.